I'm Pastor Richard Gamble, and the following message is made available by First Baptist Church of Bastrop, Louisiana. To find out more about First Baptist Bastrop, go to www.firstbastrop.org. That's www.firstbastrop.org. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, being Christmas, we're going to focus on the Christmas narrative. Luke chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 1 through 20 this morning. If you don't have a Bible of your own, you can grab one of the Pew Bibles there, and it's page 805 in the Pew Bible, page 805 in the Pew Bible. And if you don't have a a Bible of your own, then uh, please take that Pew Bible with you, and that's our gift to you. So uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, Take that Pew Bible and enjoy it, and it, it will bless you if you read it. So Luke chapter 2, you know, Christmas is a time that uh, is filled with a lot of hustle and bustle, isn't it? We hustle to this Christmas party and that Christmas party and this store and that store and running around here and there, going to mama's house and grandma's house and in-law's house, and it's, it's just constant go, 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 go. And if we're not careful, we will lose sight of the real purpose of Christmas amidst all the hustle and bustle. Thankfully, all of y'all are here today, and y'all are taking a break from the hustle and bustle to focus in on what is important, and that is the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We need to focus. Today, I want us to, to focus in on the true meaning of Christmas, what this is all about So today I want us to return to the first Christmas and remember the good news of great joy that was delivered that first Christmas night to a few shepherds out in their fields. The good news of great joy. It was for them and it's for us today. And we need to remember as we're running here and there and yonder, we need to take a moment to remember the good news of great joy that is for all people. So today, let us rejoice in the good news of great joy. Let us rejoice in our Savior, Christ the Lord. Let me say that again. Rejoice in the good news of great joy. Rejoice in our Savior, Christ the Lord. So first, I want to to read the Christmas and I'm not going to ask you to stand this morning because it is a longer text. So uh, I'm just going to read the whole Christmas narrative. And then I want us to focus in on the birth announcement, the angelic announcement given to the shepherds that night, that first Christmas night, as we consider the good news of great joy. So let's begin by reading the Christmas narrative, starting in verse 1 of Luke chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary his betrothed, who was with child. 
And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the fields keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you that this is good news of great joy for all people. Lord, we pray today that you would let us focus in on this good news of great joy. Let us rejoice in it. Let us learn from it. And Lord, let us go out and tell others about it. Now, these things I pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, as we consider our text this morning, and as we focus in on the good news of great joy that was delivered to those shepherds that night, I want us to, to first see that the angels reveal the scope of the good news of great joy. I want us to see the scope of the good news of great joy. The good news of great joy is for all people. Notice that. The good news of great joy is for all people it is for all ethnicities you see that's the wonderful thing about this announcement it wasn't just an announcement it wasn't just good news of great joy for the jews but this is good news of great joy for all people now the jews were looking for a savior they were looking for a messiah but as the angels come to the shepherds they say this is good news of great joy that is for all the people. And throughout the Gospel of Luke, as you go through and read the rest of the Gospel, Luke opens up more and more that this was not just good news for 
the Jews only. But this was good news for Gentiles as well. This was good news for all people, all ethnicities. As Paul says in Romans 1, 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jews first and also to the Greeks, to the Gentiles, to the rest of the world. The good news of great joy, the gospel of Jesus Christ is for all ethnicities, black, white, Hispanic, Chinese, Japanese, Russians, it doesn't matter. This is good news of great joy for all people. But not only all ethnicities, but also all classes of people. You know, this is an amazing thing that the the birth announcement of Jesus Christ came first to shepherds. It didn't come to the palace where the king was. It didn't come to, to world leaders. But it came to humble shepherds out in the fields who were watching over their flocks that night. Now, shepherds were considered the lowest of the low in Israel. Right? They were dirty. They were out in the fields day and, and night tending their flocks. They, they smelt like sheep. And I don't know if you've ever been around sheep. Sheep don't smell good. Right? They're nasty. They're dirty. They're stinky. And shepherds smelt like sheep. They were working class people. And, and they were considered, most of the time, they were considered ceremonially unclean. And, and that was a big no-no if you were a Jew. If you were a Jew, you wanted to be clean. You wanted to be ceremonially clean, pure, so that you could go into the temple and worship. But shepherds, as they were out there working with the sheep, they would often come in contact with things that made them ceremonially unclean. And so they were considered the lowliest of the low. They were bottom rung in the class category. But yet this good news of great joy first came to the lowest of the low. It came to shepherds out in the fields watching over their flocks. This good news of great joy is not just for princes and kings and rulers. It's not just for the middle class. It's not just for the lowest class. But it is good news of great joy for every class of people. This good news of great joy is for all people. It is for all people. So the good news of great joy is for all people, which also means it is for you, dear friend. This good news of great joy is for you, wherever you are in life. Whatever you've done in the past, it doesn't matter. Whatever your life looks like right now, it doesn't matter. This good news of great joy is for you. Then the angels, as they continue on, the angels reveal the good news of great joy. They reveal the focus of this good news. The good news of great joy is focused on the person and work of the Savior who is Christ the Lord. The good news of great joy is focused on the person and the work of the Savior who is Christ the Lord. It is focused in on Jesus Christ. Notice what they say here. They tell the angels, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, 
First, the Savior. This is a Savior. Now, the Jews were looking for a Savior, someone who would come and save God's people from their enemies. Last week, we looked at this very thing back in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Matthew 1, 21 says, uh, talking to Joseph, the angel was talking to jo- Joseph and told Joseph that his betrothed Mary would bear a son. And the angel told Joseph, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now, last week I talked about this for those who were here. Jesus, when God names someone in the Bible, it usually indicates who that person is to be, what they are sent to do, their, their divine purpose in life. And so when the angel of the Lord comes to Joseph and says, you're to name this child Jesus, it is a description of what this child is meant to do, what God is sending this child to do. Jesus, Jesus in the Greek, Yeshua in the Hebrew, but the name Jesus, Yeshua, means Yahweh saves, or Yahweh's salvation. This is Yahweh, God's salvation, sent into the world. This child is Yahweh's salvation. And in Matthew, he goes on and explains it even further. For he will save his people from their sins. Now, the Jews of Jesus' day, they were looking for a political savior, someone who would save them from the oppression of the Roman Empire. But that's not the purpose of this Messiah. That's not the purpose of this Savior. This Savior was coming to save them from something far more critical, something far more damning. This Savior came to save God's people from their sins. You see, it's our sin that separates us from a holy and righteous God. It's our sin that damns us to a devil's hell. It is our sin that is our greatest problem. And God sent His salvation to save us from that which separates us from God. He came to save us from our sins. I love what John MacArthur says here. John MacArthur says, Too often Jesus is presented as the one who will rescue people from unfulfillment in their marriages, families, or jobs, from a debilitating debilitating habit they cannot overcome on their own, or from a sense of purposelessness in life but while relief in those areas may be byproducts of salvation it is not its primary intent mankind's true problem of which those issues are only symptoms is sin everyone is guilty of breaking god's holy law and deserves eternal punishment in hell The true gospel message is that Jesus Christ came into the world to rescue people from sin and guilt. Not psychological, artificial guilt feelings, but true God-imposed guilt that damns to hell. 
Jesus is Yahweh's salvation who came to save you, dear friend, from your sins. Christ, he, Jesus is God's salvation. So he is the Savior. Second, he is the Christ. He is the Christ. This is a Savior who is Christ. He is Messiah, the Anointed One. That's what the word Christ means. It means Anointed One. It is, this is the, the promised Messiah that God had promised in the Old Testament. He would be the offspring promised to David, which in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 13 tells us, God promised David that his offspring shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. This is God's eternal kingdom, or God's eternal king, who would reign over God's eternal kingdom. This is Christ, the Messiah, the son of David, who was promised from of old. Not only is he the Savior and he is the Christ, but also notice that he is Christ the Lord. He is Christ the Lord. The Greek word here is kurios. It is kurios. But you remember, we've talked about this before, church. We've talked about when you go back to the Old Testament, every time that you see Lord in all capital letter, letters, uh, that is uh, where the proper name of God is, right? That's the proper name of God. And that all comes from a, a tradition in the Old Testament, on Old Testament times, when the priest and the Levites would be reading the Word of God. They never wanted to take the name of the Lord in vain. And so every time they got to the proper name of God, which we might pronounce as Yahweh, but every time they got to the proper name of God, instead of pronouncing the name, they would say Adonai, which is the Hebrew word for Lord. And so when English translators translate the Old Testament Hebrew into English, they observe that tradition. And so they, they don't try to transliterate the name of God. Instead, they put Lord in all capital letters so that we can recognize that that is the proper name of God in the text. You know, they did the same thing in the Greek Hebrew or in the Greek Old Testament as well. The Septuagint, which Jesus would have used and the apostles would have used in their time. In the Greek Septuagint, instead of transliterating the proper name of God in the Old Testament, they put kurios, the name for Lord, in the New Testament. So when Luke and Matthew often use the name Lord, especially in relation to Jesus, they're pointing back to that Old Testament tradition. They're saying not that this is someone of higher authority. They're saying this is God. This is Jesus Christ, this is the Savior who is Christ, God. He is Yahweh in human flesh. And we even see it here in our own text. Notice what the angel says there, or notice what our text says, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. 
And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This is Yahweh in the flesh. Yahweh in the flesh. God incarnate. This little baby is the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God in human flesh. This is Jesus Christ, Yahweh in the flesh. He is Christ the Lord. The good news of great joy is that God sent his son, his unique son, Jesus Christ, God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, into the world to save you and me from our sins. Oh, what good news of great joy it is. So the angels reveal the scope and the focus of the good news. Then a host of angels show up and reveal the purpose of the good news. Notice the purpose of the good news. The good news of great joy is for the purpose of glorifying God and giving peace. The good news of great joy is for the purpose of glorifying God and giving peace. Notice first, it is to glorify God. As a multitude of heavenly hosts appear on the scene, they praise God saying, Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. You know, it's important to notice there that the first words that come out of their mouth is glory to God in the highest. You, you know what the primary purpose of God's redeeming grace is? It's not to save sinners. That's not the primary pur purpose of God sending His Son into the world. His primary purpose of sending His Son in the world to live and die for sinners is not to save sinners. The primary purpose of God sending His unique Son into the world to die on a cross was for His glory and praise. You are not the apple of God's eye. His glory is the apple of His eye. God alone is worthy of glory and honor and praise. And his primary purpose of sending his son into the world to save sinners was to bring him glory and honor and praise. I love what John Piper once said. John Piper once said that the reason that missions exist, the reason that we go out and take the good news to foreign nations where the the good news has not been is, to, is, is because the worship doesn't exist there. Missions exist because worship doesn't. We take the good news of great joy to foreign nations because those foreign nations don't know God. They don't know to worship God. We take the good news of great joy to them so that they may receive God's saving grace and worship because the primary purpose God's redeeming grace is to bring him glory and honor and praise. So when we sing praises, praises to God this morning for his salvation in Jesus Christ, we bring him glory and honor. 
and we're fulfilling that first purpose. The primary purpose of God's redeeming grace, the good news of great joy, is to bring God glory, honor, and praise. But a secondary purpose, which is just as beautiful and wonderful, is also is to bring us peace. To give us peace. To bring peace between God and man. You see, because in our natural condition, we are at enmity with God. We are at enmity with God. We hate God. We are in conflict with God. As Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 tells us, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. That means you were separated from God in your trespasses and sins. In which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. That is, we were by our nature children of God's righteous anger because of our sin just like the rest of mankind you see at one time we were dead to god we were objects of his righteous anger that's where we are in our natural state but god sent christ in the world to bring peace peace between him and us Ephesians chapter 2, going on in verses 4 and through 7. But God, being rich in his mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. God sent Jesus into the world to bring peace, and on earth peace among those with whom God is pleased. God sent Jesus into the world to bring him glory and honor and praise and to bring us peace. But we also need to notice here that this peace is by God's grace. It is by God's grace. It is peace among those with whom he is pleased. One translator translates it as this. On earth, peace among those upon whom God's favor rests. In other words, this is peace among those whom God gives his grace. Salvation is not something that we earn. It's not something that we do. It's not something that we, we go out and, and gain on our own. We, we don't gain it by doing good things. We don't gain it by feeding the homeless. We don't gain it by clothing those who are needy. We don't gain it from doing anything we gain it because it is a free gift of God. It is by God's grace alone that God sent Jesus into the world to bring us peace 
by his grace. Ephesians 2, going on to 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. The purpose of the good news of great joy is to glorify God and to give peace by God's amazing grace. So the angels discloses the scope, the focus, and the purpose of the good news of great joy. Finally, we see the good news of great joy must be received by faith. The good news of great joy must be received by faith. And we see this in faith's faith response as the shepherds respond in faith. Notice what the shepherds do there. When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Notice, first of all, that the, the faith's response is that they believed in Jesus. They believed in the message of the angels. The angels had given them, they had spoken to them the word of the gospel. And they received it. They believed it. But this wasn't just recognizing certain facts, right? It wasn't just a simple a recognizing and, and believing certain facts by saying, all right, yeah, I acknowledge those things are true. No, but their faith, they received it by faith. And that faith resulted in action. It resulted in activity. The angel had indicated, hey, this is a sign unto you, right? You're going to find this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. In other words, the angels were expecting the shepherds to go. And so when the angels went away, they said, let's go. Let's go see this. They believed it. They believed it and they responded with action. You see, too many people think that faith is just acknowledgement of certain facts. But James tells us that even the demons believe, right? Even the demons believe and tremble at the name of Jesus. The demons believed that Jesus is God's salvation, Yahweh's salvation. The demons believed. That Jesus is the Christ, the promised Messiah of God from of old. The demons believed that Jesus is Yahweh in the flesh, right? And you go through the Gospels and the demons fall down before Jesus, trembling, what have you to do with us? Jesus. But they didn't have faith. You see, faith is not just acknowledging certain facts about Jesus. Faith receives those facts. And because of that reception of those facts, it causes us to go do, to respond with active faith. The shepherds responded in obedient faith to the Lord's word. And they went and did what God had 
told them to do. They went to see Jesus. So they believed. They received that. And they believed that in Jesus in their heart. And they went and obeyed the voice of the Lord. But then they came to Jesus. Faith comes to Jesus. They said, let us go. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. They went to Jesus. They came to Jesus. Faith's response not only believes in Jesus, but it comes to Jesus. Jesus himself in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Faith, faith's response comes to Jesus. Comes to Jesus, bows before Jesus, surrenders to Jesus. Notice also, faith goes and tells others about Jesus Faith then goes and tells others about Jesus. And they went, verse 16, and they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger, verse 17. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. They made it known. They made it known. They began to tell people. They began to tell Joseph and Mary what had happened to them out in the field. They began to go through Bethlehem and tell others what had happened to them out in the field. They began to share the good news of great joy with other people. You know, the greatest evangelists are new converts. They're excited in, in, in their newfound faith, and they want to tell everybody about Jesus. Unfortunately for many of us, as we grow older in our faith, it becomes, we get kind of stagnant. We lose that zeal. We need to regain it. We need to regain that zeal and we need to go out and tell others about Jesus. We need to tell others the good news of great joy. This is their hope of salvation. If, if your friends and family don't, don't hear the good news of great joy, if they don't receive the good news of great joy with faith, guess what? They're on the road to hell. When they die, they're going to a devil's hell. We need to get motivated. We need to get excited. And we need to tell others the good news of great joy as for all people. And we need to recognize, too, that there's going to be a number of responses as we tell others about Jesus. Notice first that there, are, there will be those who wonder. Verse 18, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Luke uses this term wonder a number of times in his gospel. And it, de and it denotes this idea of curiosity without commitment. There are a lot of people who look at Jesus and they wonder. Well, that sounds really interesting. That sounds really great and wonderful. Jesus came to save me from my sins. Awesome. But there's no commitment. There will be those who think that good news of great joy is wonderful news, but never respond. 
We need to recognize that fact, but we also need to recognize that, that there will be others who treasure up these things. As Mary treasured up these things in her heart, there will be those who receive this good news of great joy. And they treasure them in their hearts. A true convert desires to grow in her relationship with God and, and treasures up the things of God. And you'll see that person receive the good news of great joy and be hungry and thirsty for more and more and more and continue to grow in their relationship with the Lord. Tell others about Jesus. Fourth, the faith's response is that the shepherds went away worshiping God. Faith responds by worshiping God. Verse 20, and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Oh, faith, when faith comes to the heart of a person, they come to Jesus, they respond in faith, active faith, and they rush to Jesus, they cling to Jesus, they want more and more of Jesus, and that brings them to honor and glorify God with all they have. It brings us to worship. It brings us to worship. To sing with the angels glory to God in the highest. And on, on earth peace to those with whom he is pleased. Oh, let us worship the Lord this Christmas. Because of his saving grace. In Jesus Christ. So the question that we end with today is how will you respond to the good news of great joy? How will you respond to the good news of great joy? For many of you, you've already responded in faith. And so the conclusion today is to rejoice in the good news of great joy. Worship Christ our Lord. Rejoice in him. And sing praises to him today. But perhaps there's some that you've never received the good news. Maybe you've wondered at it. Maybe it seems exciting to you. But you've never committed to Christ. You've never received him in faith. And trusted him as Lord of your life. Then I pray today. That you would take this opportunity to not just wonder at the good news of great joy that Jesus Christ came to live and die for you, but today you would respond. Receive that message by God's grace through faith. Trust in Jesus. Confess Him as Lord of your life. Commit to Him. And receive his gift of salvation today. Oh, Heavenly Father. Oh, we thank you and we rejoice in the good news of great joy that is for all people. Lord, we thank you and we celebrate Jesus today. On this day that we celebrate his birth. We thank you that you sent your son, your only son, into the world to live 
and die for us and to assure us of salvation in him three days later you raised him up again from the grave lord we thank you for the salvation we have in him so lord let us rejoice in christ today and lord if there's any today who've never trusted in jesus they've never received him by your by your grace through faith lord may today be the day of salvation Turn their hearts to see Jesus and trust in him. These things I pray in Christ's name. Amen.